0: Let's talk about God. That's what we do. <laughs> I love your intros. You never know what you're going to do. I never
1: know what to say, you're, but I know what to say.
0: You're like the Kramer of our oh, podcast. You Kramer. don't know how you're going to come through the door.
1: It's on Netflix now because it was. They took it off a of Hulu for a while and then added it to Netflix in 4K.
0: The show about nothing. The show about nothing that lasted forever.
1: I mean, what a what a great idea behind the show. Because really, it's how does a comedian get his jokes? But then deep down, it's just a show about nothing. Well, it reflected Jerry Seinfeld. And Jerry
0: Seinfeld's humor, if you ever watch a stand-up, is Jerry just takes everyday life, which most comedians do. But he observational was comedy. Observational comedy. He was, he was one of the best at it. One of my favorite <laughs> things he said was, you ever go in a pharmacy? Why does the pharmacist stand on a platform one foot higher than the rest of us? Does the pharmacist think he's better than us? Does he think he's superior to us? I mean, everybody's laughing. I'm like, yeah. I am like, I never thought about that. But why is he up on a platform higher than everybody else? So, I mean, who ever thought about that?
1: I love that show because like, they are admittedly all terrible people. That's the joy of getting the show. It's like they're not promoting for you to be like Jerry or George or Elaine or Kramer. They are terrible people. They wind up in prison in the end.
0: Yeah, in jail. They're actually the kind of people you should not want to be like.
1: <laughs> George is so selfish. He starts dating a woman in prison because he only has to see her for like an hour a week, and then he can do whatever he wants.
0: Yeah, exactly. So these are the people you don't want to be.
1: Exactly. They're just so vain.
0: But you know, you can get a lot of pleasure watching Oh, Seinfeld. boy. <laughs> I beat they, you to they it. They
1: live to satisfy every pleasure. If you uh, watch Seinfeld,
0: that's true. <laughs> well, you know what we're talking about today. We're talking about pleasure.
1: Sure are, and we are talking <laughs> talking about why pleasure can't make me happy. Why pleasure can't make me happy, man. We should have really thought through the Seinfeld thing. I feel like we could have, we could have done like an extended Seinfeld episode. On this topic,
0: what we could have because they're so vain. They are. That sounds like a song. You're so vain. I'll write that. There actually is a song from the '70s called really? "You're So Vain."
1: Oh, okay, I won't you write probably it, think
0: this song is about you. Oh you're yeah, you're so vain. Yeah.
1: Did Did somebody do a remix
0: of that? Probably did. Some, I think that's where I've heard it. Somebody of. makes a remix of everything. So
1: yeah, somebody definitely did. All right, anyways. What are we talking about today? We're talking about why pleasure can't make me happy.
0: So we've been on this happiness thing. Last episode, we talked yes. about happiness and my fame and glory. We talked about Thomas Aquinas. Yep. And uh, who's from
1: Aquio. From,
0: yeah, Aquino.
1: Aquino. Aquino, from Italy somewhere. Yeah,
0: somewhere in Italy. He was an Italian. And, uh, and then we talked about why fame, honor, and glory can't make you happy, at least not long term. Um, and obviously, Jesus is the one that can make you happy. And, yeah. and obviously, that's going to be the backdrop for today, too, because we're we're looking at things that a lot of people, the world, a lot of people think, if I have these, I'll be happy. Yep. And probably this one is the one that everybody can relate to, especially in America, because we live in a service-oriented nation with a lot of things that are offered mm-hmm. to create pleasure. Yeah, to just feel good. And who advertise and say either blatantly or subtly, if you'll buy this, take this, do this, drink this, eat this, et cetera, et cetera, you will be happy.
1: The thing I love about commercials is when people are doing something that like, like it's not a cheeseburger commercial. It's like a toothbrush commercial or something, but the people using it are smiling cheek to cheek. Because they want to show, like, you will be happy with our like product. Like, they're
0: just having the greatest so like, moment in the world. they're, like, meeting with, like, an
1: insurance agent, and they're grinning. this guy's, like, a world-class comedian, apparently. They're loving it. Or, like, they're they're taking medicine for, like, some, like, serious disease, and they're just running around the field. I don't smile
0: when I brush my teeth. It's <laughs> early in the morning. I'm just brushing because my breath smells bad, and I, and I just get it done and move on. But these people are just grinning and This smiling. will change your this life. This will change your life. You'll be so
1: <laughs> happy. But yeah, we, we live in a culture that is like oversaturated with pursuing pleasure, with pursuing feeling good, with pursuing ease and comfort. But we have to ask this question, can pleasure actually make me happy? And I think we all realize the answer is no. Not long-term anyway. There'll be momentary happiness. Well, and depends how you find happiness. Define it defines happiness, happiness. yeah. yeah. So it will I'll- give you an emotion- of happiness. Right. But not a... State uh, of happiness. A state, a continual eternal satisfaction of all my right. good and desires. There as you go. Thomas defines it. Um, one of the reasons, and this is kind of like a foundational for our whole discussion today, that pleasure can't make us happy, is pleasure just doesn't last. It just doesn't last. Think about the, the, the last time that you had pleasure. It was cool for a while, then went away. So maybe you went to a Clemson football game. It was great. You had a wonderful time, but eventually you wake up the next morning. It's it's Sunday. You're going to church. You're gassed. You're exhausted. You didn't get home till one thirty because of all the traffic. Your pleasure's gone. It's over. Or think about the last time you had a great meal. It tasted delicious, and then it was gone. And there's no more pleasure anymore. Your pleasure. Full, you're not going to tell the story about you when you left Garrett's house. I didn't know if you wanted me to. Uh, I don't know.
0: I, because your mother and I couldn't remember this. Yes. I want you
1: to tell this story. So, like, when I like, preached this to the students, my opening story was there was a time when I was a kid. We lived in uh, Oakmont. Oakmont. Right? And I was, this was pre fourth grade at some point. I don't know. So I went over to play uh, across the street with my friend Garrett. And so I told my parents, I'm going to Garrett's house. But while we're at Garrett's house, Garrett had the idea to go to another kid's house named Ben. Same neighborhood and everything. So now mom and dad think I'm at Garrett's house, but I'm not there anymore. I'm at Ben's house. So then they start freaking out because I don't know if Garrett's parents are at or if they're home or whatever. And they're driving around the neighborhood. Eventually, they see me in Ben's yard after X amount of time searching for me and they're like all emotional and I'm just having a good time And I was emotional you and mom were emotional y'all thought I was gone okay we don't remember y'all were coming I I had to go get in the truck and it was real uncomfortable and y'all were like way up here you were angry you were relieved that I was like with y'all but I'm just like wow this is really intense. I was just trying to have a good time at Ben's house. <laughs> well you didn't tell us. Well so probably be the
0: issue. We didn't know where you were. Exactly. That's probably the issue. But we don't remember this. I guess it was so traumatic we blocked it out. <laughs> 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 I did. Ask you, when I read the notes, I asked your mom. I said, "Do you remember this?" I don't remember this. So
1: my whole idea was that you know playing at Ben's house was a really, really, really great time. It Was a whole lot of fun at first, but once y'all showed up, it was just really embarrassing. So oh, sorry. <laughs> you <laughs> were pleasure for a while, and it was really embarrassing. You know, you
0: talk about pleasure moment. Do You remember when it was trick or treat acto- uh, on Halloween, and I took oh, you on my four wheeler. Th- you were the coolest kid awesome. in the neighborhood. I took you around the neighborhood door to door on my four wheeler. That was cool. You were the coolest kid in the neighborhood. Oh yeah. That was everybody was looking like check that was out. i batman or something i think so but i had you on my oh, four-wheeler like and we just went around the Bat-load whole neighborhood deal. door to door i just stand out there in the four-wheeler wait on you and you'd go get candy and we just went around i remember that that, that had
1: to create some pleasure that was some great pleasure and then it was gone yeah but that's the whole idea <laughs> it's just like going on uh, that's the whole deal about pleasure so if we can like like this is something i would use with my students and honestly applies to a lot of adults and people today think about the idea of something like Premarital sex, very, very popular in our culture. The entire um, conception of sexual activity in 2021 is purely based off of pleasure. So it's not based off of a lifelong marital commitment. It's not based on a greater intimacy or the desire to reproduce and start a family. It's fully and completely based on pleasure. And so we have sex with whoever just because it feels good. Well, the problem with that is um, the pleasure doesn't last very long, but the consequences do. And so you can end up doing all kinds of damage by just continuing to live your life only seeking after pleasure. It's self-gratifying. Exactly. So oftentimes, um, you know, we're seeking after this delight. We're seeking after pleasure because we think it will make us happy. But here's what Thomas says. And I think this is so genius because I just never heard this idea before. Pleasure doesn't cause happiness. Pleasure results from some measure of happiness that you already have. So think about this. Take someone who is severely depressed, very, very serious situation, or even us in a temporary state of being sad or angry. When you're sad or mad or very depressed, the things that usually give you pleasure don't give you pleasure anymore. The things that should make you quote unquote happy via pleasure, they don't work anymore. So you uh you've just got fired from your job, your dog Skippy got hit on the way home, your wife just divorced you, you get home and turn on Seinfeld, you're not going to laugh. You go eat a steak dinner that costs you sixty dollars, it's not gonna taste that good. Mm. Why? Because the pleasure cannot just, you know, automatically give you happiness by the thing it is actually a result of some previous happiness that's already within you. Does it go back
0: to, to, to some degree to the desire? Because the, ha- the the sadness and all the negative events could kill the desire, squelch the desire, remove, eliminate the desire. Uh, and so it, 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 it then the fulfillment of that desire... Doesn't matter. Does it, it takes ha- last place. Right. Is you say sort of very similar thought is because the, the happiness isn't there To connect with the fulfillment of the desire.
1: I usually desire pleasure, but in that moment I'm really desiring for my marriage to be mended. I'm really desiring for my job to be back, or I'm really desiring for my dog to be it it all of those other situations create new desires that take what I think is the ultimate thing and puts it in the back seat.
0: I love to fish. Yeah. That's a known fact. Like I love to fish. You, my offspring, don't like to fish. When I tell if I, you first of all, you won't go fishing with no, me because it's not fun. you have no desire. No desire. And if you would go with me, you would It'd be there miserable. There would be no pleasure. While I'm happy, I'm happy and having pleasure. Even if we were catching fish, you might have fun catching some fish if the fish were school. And then that would, you would probably find some pleasure in that because at least it's, that's a cool thing. Yeah, that's cool. But if I said you want to go again, you'd say no.
1: But imagine you're out there fishing, having a great time, and you accidentally hook yourself in the eye. Well, now what was giving you pleasure doesn't give you pleasure anymore. Now you're not having a good time at all. No. Because it results from some previous measure of happiness, happiness. that you already have. Yeah,
0: and I think that goes back to the last episode when we talked about the desire. I think there's there are desires that we have that work hand-in-hand hand with, with the happiness.
1: I think about it like this. I, I use the example of— when jaron first moved back to anderson he got a group of a bunch of the young people from our church to go to a rodeo and i was not thinking i had just bought a brand new or i didn't buy him i I think I was gifted them. A brand new pair of white shoes. I remember Like very this. nice tennis shoes. I really liked them. Um, Adidas. Adidas. And I so I was excited to wear them. And like, I'm one of these people only wear one pair of shoes. Like some people, they, they mix it up and they fix their outfit. I own like three or four pairs of shoes. I wear one until they die. So I'm, I'm ready to go. I've launched this new season of shoe wearing. Well, I didn't think about it. It had rained that night before. So we pull up to the rodeo, and I also didn't realize we're at a rodeo, okay? We're this not, is why everybody wears we're at a rodeo. cowboy boots. We're not going to a concert. We're going to a rodeo in Pendleton, South Carolina. So there, the parking lot is just a field with mud and dirt. So we park and got this long way to walk, and we are in the muddiest, thickest, nastiest field I've ever been in, in my brand new white shoes. And despite all of my efforts, A, no one would give me a piggyback ride, which is rude. (laughs) B, despite stepping as tenderly as possible, I could not avoid getting mud all over my shoes. So now I'm in this place that is designed to to, to entertain me, to give me pleasure. They're riding on the bulls. The clowns are out there. There are people out there trying not to get gored to death, all these things. And it should be fun, but I can't have a good time because my shoes are ruined. you keep looking down and
0: see those. Dirty, brand new white shoes.
1: So now the pleasure that, that should be making me happy is removed because of my shoes. And so I, I you know I know we're kind of like rocking on the same point, but I think that it's a powerful one and worth spending enough time discussing is um, it's just not going to do it for you. The conditions have to be too right. And so you can spend all of this time seeking all of this pleasure, but you have to be happy in the first place. Um, and then we have to think about that first point, and, and I think we should come back to it. Um, not not only do we have to already be happy, but the pleasure that we seek it ends at some point, anyways. And we don't really think that, and and you know I don't think we spend enough time on that. But I don't think we I don't think we process when we're going after pleasure the long lasting effects of the things that we do. That the pleasure does not stay, but the consequences do. So, for instance, um, like. I'm terrible at this, I need to do better. Oftentimes, I want the immediate pleasure of a really good-tasting meal, and I do not want to think about the long-lasting consequences of what it's going to do to my like overall body or health. Does that make sense? Yeah. We, we often settle for what's immediate and quick, and we don't want to pro- process the long-lasting. But for all pleasures, they're just for a moment. The consequences last forever. Yeah. And that's why that pleasure can't actually satisfy us and make us happy. Exactly. Um, anything like fresh to add there? I mean, we're just breezing on through this. So
0: no, no, I think
1: uh, I, well, we don't I, have to belabor the
0: point. But I did some research, and I and I looked at secular concepts with this. Sometimes I think it's interesting what bloggers or psychologists, anybody else says who you know don't come from a Christian point of view. And it was interesting that, um, and we're going to talk about this, I think, in the next episodes, but. They were talking about how things, material things and money can't make you happy. So the obvious, the the continual response that I saw was, you need to have experiences. Experiences Mm -hmm. trump things and material. So go on a vacation, spend time with your family. And then so that was the answer. And when I read it, I thought, okay, yes, I agree that experiences, for the most part, what they're what they're saying is redirect your desires mm. redirect your pleasures that's the world's approach to this so from a f- philosophical point of view or whatever uh, so, so yes i thought okay experiences probably would i would agree trump for the most part the value and the of pleasure versus things Spending and money time with
1: your family is obviously yeah,
0: good with your wife your husband whatever okay but i thought it's still it's cyclical it comes right back around again to where but that vacation's over. Yeah, it can't go on forever. So yeah, you'll have a you'll have a pleasure there. But again, it's not long lasting. It's not something that's sustainable.
1: What if you lose your memory? <laughs> as well, exactly. terrible as that is. Yeah. What if you can't even remember the vacation once you hit a certain age.
0: So then, then you, the, some of them would talk about develop relationships. That the pleasure comes in relationships. But again, yeah, what I say that if you were on a scale, that the next level up would be depth of relationships and intimacy and interaction, can that create greater levels of pleasure? Absolutely. I mean, that that's where it would be more sustainable. And let's just take the highest one. If you're married and you've got a woman or man that you, you know, your husband, your wife that you love and you want to spend the rest of your life with and you love doing life with them and doing things together. But anybody who's been married a long time will tell you that doesn't create constant Ongoing 24 hours a day, seven a day p- pleasure. It doesn't work that way. In you actually
1: have to die to yourself a whole lot when you're married. You right. have to Sacrifice that. Sacrifice, a lot. yeah. And say, <laughs> I,
0: I don't get to get what I want,
1: you know. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and and my uncle Bob used to joke, and, you know, he'd talk about if we were going to go do something, he'd say, Well, let me check with the war department. Yeah. He's talking about my, my Aunt Linda. So that was his running joke, you know. So let me, then he'd say, Let me check with the ball and chain, you know. <laughs> so we make jokes, but. You do, you sacrifice. So, and then like we said in the last episode, you're going to have days where you argue and you may love your wife, but some days you don't like her. And she's the same thing with you, you know, your husband. So um, then then people say, well, okay, well, how about purposeful effort? So it kind of gets back to what we talked last mm-hmm. episode, but we're we're doing it in a different approach now is if you do things intentionally that are, are purposeful, that have meaning to it, not just some meaningless you know, going fishing or hunting or going to a rodeo or going to a Braves game or whatever. But doing something that has that has purpose to again, that that may be great and have some great consequences and you you donate time in a soup kitchen or whatever. But the reality is once that purposeful event is over, does it have long lasting pleasure to it? Yeah. So no, it's gonna wear off at some point. You know, you're going to have to do another purposeful event. So I think what we're saying here today is you can have levels of things that give you pleasure and please you and satisfy you and and, and maybe even satisfy those desires. But, you know, ultimately, it's kind of like we said, and it's what we're going to keep saying, is that there has to be something more. And it's not something, it's someone Mm -hmm. to where... Again, like I said in the last episode, the, the the psalmist said, "In His presence there's fullness of joy, and at His right hand there are pleasures forevermore." Yeah, the long lasting, eternal, perpetual pleasure has got to ultimately come back to to God and your relationship with God, and that 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 relationship never the pleasure of that relationship. That's amazing to think about, never God. Ends. It never ends. Yeah. It never. It never depletes the satisfaction, the joy, because he is an unending, self-existent, infinite, immortal God who is life and light and love and everything perfect never runs out.
1: That's just going to be incredible.
0: Oh, it is now. And then one of these days when we reach glorification, I think we'll experience it at a whole other level.
1: I agree. You know, this is not in the notes. Um, I've been reading this book called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self by Carl Truman where it's in the name, he's kind of talking about how have we gotten to modern man. And in fact, he even he even kind of says the point of this book is like, I want to go deep into the history of philosophy to then get to the point um, of how the statement, um, I am a man trapped in a woman's body, becomes a reasonable statement. And it's really interesting. And he, so he's tracing kind of the, the roots of our modern culture. And he goes back, and, and I'm in – one of the earlier chapters, but he's talking about this philosopher named Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Mm-hmm. And essentially what Rousseau said is that all humans are created good, right? Essentially Pelagian, right? Um, that we're not born with these innate evil desires, but it's society that uh, that impresses upon us um, things that would be, um, evil or that would not result in our happiness or things like that. And he's really, he wants us to get at this sort of primeval man, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. That the happiest people, not that this ever actually existed, would be something akin to a caveman, a man who lived solely to fulfill his most natural and base, innate desires. Base desires, yeah. Yeah. And I think, and and really the kind of the point of this book is that what Rousseau did with his philosophy, whether we know it consciously, has creeped in, that we have become a people who believe that happiness is found in being authentic, is found in fulfilling my desires, is found in being who I really am, that if I'm not fulfilling my kind of Inmost, innermost innate desires, then I am being inauthentic. Mm -hmm. I'm being not me, and I will be unhappy. But if I could fulfill those most base desires, then I will be happy. And I think that traces back to where we are as a culture in that we think, I need to fulfill every desire and seek every pleasure because it's ultimately what's good for me and will make me happy. And it's a lie. And it's a lie. That's the thing. Because Augustine comes in along with the rest of Christian history and says, your desires are bent and broken and evil. Yeah. And they are not good. There is no prime evil man that you're talking about unless you want to reference Adam and Eve pre-fall, which is, he's not just fulfilling base animalistic desires, but it it doesn't work like that. But I think our culture has bought into the lie that we have, um, we have to fulfill every desire. And we think that our happiness stems from what, what becomes good or ultimately satisfying for me. And Carl Truman even used the example. He said, uh, I don't know how old he is, but he said, if I were to think of my dad and we asked something like this, does your job make me, make you happy? He would think it and go, well, my kids have shoes, my wife has what she needs. There's a roof over their head, there's food a on roo- the table. It's outward. Right. If you ask modern man, do you enjoy your job? Well, yeah, it really suits my interest. I think I get to really use my talents and abilities. And what I do, I feel personally fulfilled in here. Yeah. And so we have become a society, and there's nothing wrong with either one of those in a moderate sense, but that is so inward focused Everything becomes about satisfying in here as if it's the ultimate good. Does his, that make sense?
0: His dad's answer was others-oriented. Yes. The second one was self-oriented. Modern man is self-oriented. And and can it be, it doesn't have to be and or, it can be both. That's right. But again, within reason. Um, you know how we find ourselves now, we've been doing this for almost three years, we find ourselves going back to Genesis. Yeah. So can I do it again? Yeah, go for it. You go right back to Adam and Eve in the garden God satisfies every pleasure, he gives offers them every pleasure mm-hmm. to satisfy every desire. Am I right? That's right. Within the
1: garden. Everything that they could ever need.
0: At, again, on a base level, as well as on a spiritual level, because in the cool of the evening, God came down mm-hmm. and walked with them every night. Yeah. So every desire was fulfilled. I think it was a place, that's why we call it paradise. Mm-hmm. Every pleasure that they needed, and it was good, for all that God creates is good. So there was no evil They were good pleasures and good. Then the devil comes along and gets Eve to question the source of the pleasures. Mm. Am am I right so far? Yeah. Okay. And then offers alternatives. Here's this fruit of this tree. And when she saw the fruit that it was good and pleasant to look at and desirable to make one wise. And John called it the lust of the flesh, which are desires. Lust is your desires. Okay, what is it that I desire that will please me? Mm-hmm. So the lust, lust is usually in the Bible, has a negative connotation. So the evil desires of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Mm. And, and those those cor- correlate with what happened in the garden. And she gave up on the source of God for her pleasure and went to what Satan offered. And when she did, that's when sin came in, and they lost everything good they had for the alternative which she thought was deceived into thinking this can replace what God can do for you. Mm. That's why Satan in the garden was a deceptor. And so she bought into the lie, and then they lost everything.
1: She looked for pleasure in anything else but God.
0: Right, and that's kind of what we're saying today is that there are things that can give you a momentary feeling or emotion of happiness Mm -hmm. and please you, but it will wear off is not long-term and not create a state of happiness or ongoing pleasure. The one person that can create that is mm-hmm. God. And I think even beyond that, because that sounds so blah and mm-hmm. so broad sweeping, but, but without getting into the minutia, I think then that tr- there's a trickle-down effect that then all the things that go with that relationship with God creates ongoing pleasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that serving him and living for him and and doing what's right pleases you. You can go to bed at night saying, "Today I lived right." Yeah. And there's a sense of pleasure in that. Uh-huh.
1: Is- does that make sense? I, I, you know, I think you're totally right. And and maybe we can kind of jump to what Aquinas says here. And I, and I think this is so good. Um, we've got to remember that de- that delight or pleasure is bodily, but we're body plus soul. Yes. And the things of this world can't feed the core of who you are, but God can. And I and I love that God uses worldly uh kind of earthly concepts or materials to refer to what he does for us. Here's what I mean. He tells the woman at the well, "The water that I will give you to drink, you will thirst no more." Right. We have earthly water to quench a Bodily thirst to satisfy bodily desire, Christ is the reality of that. It is the most, he he is the most real thirst quenching substance that you could ever have. Right. All right, or we feel bodily a hunger. We we need to eat, but Christ says, "I am I am true food. My flesh is true food. My blood is true drink, indeed." That we experience this sort of earthly hunger and Christ is the reality of what it means to be filled and to be satisfied. Right. That you know, we, we have to rest, we need to take a Sabbath, we we have to have bodily rest. Christ is rest. He is our Sabbath. He is the one that we can rest from all of our works and, and be completely satisfied and comforted in. A- everything that we experience down here that we seek after in a bodily sense, Christ is for us in its most true, real, and spiritual sense.
0: Well, the three most fundamental needs, uh, and, and this is very base, okay, and I'm saying this, they say are the three very most fundamental for human is sleep, Food and sex; the, 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 those are the three major needs. Can we delete sex from that list, though? Well, you can, but but
1: but if you're going to continue the, I see, you mean as like a, like a humankind as right? The, if gonna, as a whole, if you're going to continue not the on human, an individual yeah, level. So the three
0: basic needs, if you're going to continue the human race, is you've got to have sleep, you've got to have rest, and at some point, somebody has to have, you know, sex to continue. So that, that, I think that's what was the concept: is the, the three greatest needs that have to be.
1: If For humanity as a whole,
0: right, and if you don't satisfy those, you die. Yeah, you know, no, yeah. the sex you don't, but eventually the, the race dies out. Got you. And what what I'm what, the reason I bring that up is because the very things you're saying in a spiritual level are found in Christ. So sleep, we find our rest in Him. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to work to try to get pleasure; we just get it. Mm-hmm. And then the the greatest intimacies of all the is the intimacy we find in relationship mm-hmm. with God. And and then, like you said, we feed on Him. He is the the bread. He is the wine. He is he is the source of life. Uh,
1: he gives us the living water of the spirit. The living water. Drinker. He is the
0: vine, and we are the branches. Yes. By by the connection to yeah. him, the life flows into yeah. us, and then that life is what pleases us and satisfies our desires. And, and again, we're not talking about fishing or hunting or buying shoes or you know you know again that's very base. That's our whole point. Is you can do those things and have a momentary state of pleasure, happiness. Mm-hmm. And and we're not negating those because those are good. Well you go back to Ecclesiastes again, uh-huh. which I mentioned in the last episode. Um and I've talked about this I maybe in other episodes, and I like to talk about this, especially the state of of where I am in my life. Um man I think man was created to work. I think it's in For our sure. DNA. We've ta- we, I think didn't we do an episode on that?
1: Yeah. A vocation. Yeah. A
0: vocation. So we were created to work, but but at the same time, he, Solomon said, work, you're going to have to work. That's your lot in life, okay? But eat, drink, and enjoy the fruit of your labor. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me that's not, if that's not a pleasure statement in the Bible, what is? Yeah. Eat, drink, and enjoy the fruit of your labor. So that is a statement that says, if you're hungry and you want something that'll please you, you know, go get a steak, or go get whatever, eat, drink, uh, satisfy your their thirst, okay, sort of a bait. But he said, then enjoy the fruit of your labor. And if you've worked hard, and you've got some money, and you want to go buy something that would please you, okay? Whether that's a pair new pair of tennis shoes or or a, don't
1: go to a rodeo,
0: yeah, don't go to a rodeo. <laughs> buy cowboy boots, yeah. But but whatever those things, do that, yeah. So Solomon is saying that's the natural consequence of working hard is satisfy those. Those pleasures that you can afford to do, mm-hmm. but that's why. But at the end of the book, he said, "But here's the here's the end of it all. Let's hit, let's get the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, keep His commandments. Yeah. And if you don't do these spiritual things, where the true source comes from your pleasure. You know, remember God in the days of your create. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Yeah. You know, he's talking about these spiritual things that says that that if you really want to be satisfied, because you know if you there's a chapter in there that talks about it's it's this um. And I don't know the right term here. Maybe it's very, very, very metaphorical, but where he uses all of these word pictures to talk about when you're old,
1: mm.
0: when, when the when the shutters have closed, and the and, he, and
1: if you you could like kind of get pick up on what he's saying. All this, it's all these
0: like your 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 eyes dim and you can't hear, uh, and you wake early. He said, "Well, when you get older, you wake up early and you don't sleep mm-hmm. as long." All these, they're, but they're word pictures, and I think what he's trying to say is you're going to reach a point in life where just naturally the things that used to please you, they just don't work anymore. You're getting
1: old and it's kind of been there, done that.
0: Well, yeah. And then physiologically you change and and you're not able to do things that you used to do. And so I think that's one of the, that's why I kept, I I came to Ecclesiastes in the last uh, um, podcast and I wanted to bring it here is Solomon, the wisest man said, look, You you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have pleasures. You're gonna try to satisfy them. It's okay to do that, but don't try to look for fulfillment. And purpose in that. It's vanity. Not ultimate fulfillment. No, it's vanity. Vanity of vanities. It's all meaningless. Yeah. That's the whole theme of that book is it's meaningless unless you have God. Mm -hmm. Only when you get God does does then that give you meaning. And then all those other things, that becomes a centrifugal force and everything sort of rotates around that. And then it gets you in perspective is, yeah, I'm going to eat this steak. Yeah, I'm going to eat this hamburger. Yeah. I'm going to drink this diet, Dr. Pepper, this glass of sweet tea. Uh, I'm going to go have some fun and take the money we bought. And we're going to the mountains and have a good time. We're going on vacation, whatever, eat, drink, enjoy the fruity But those things aren't, they're not going to, they're not they going to ultimately s- set.
1: They stem from the ultimate source. They don't become ultimate. Nah. They come from the
0: yeah, ultimate. Yeah, but those things yeah. only, t- those things are all still centered around the fact that my ultimate, when this pleasure mm-hmm. wears off, I still have this incredible pleasure mm-hmm. that will never end. And that is I have this. I fear God, I keep his commandments, I live with the Lord, I walk in relationship with him. That's where the real pleasure comes from. That never runs
1: out. And you know, and and I think what we what we're trying to say is there's a balance here. We're not all we're not, we're certainly not saying given to all bodily pleasures and ignore your soul, nor are we saying only be so spiritual that you forget your body. Remember it, humans are body and soul. Right. Christ is God and man. We are going to experience a bodily resurrection. The hope of Christianity is a bodily resurrection. What it means to be human is to be body, soul, spirit. So feed both. and, and,
0: and Exactly. And can I throw it? We'll just, we're yeah. bouncing back and forth. We got a ping pong match going on here. <laughs> but like where John said, I pray that you may... Be in health and prosper, mm-hmm. and and if you think about that, that's that you may have pleasure in your body where you feel good, and you're healthy, and that you may prosper. Think about prosperity. Mm-hmm. That's about prosperity within it. Doesn't it inherently have the concept of of satisfaction of pleasures and desires? Mm-hmm. If I'm prospering, things that I'm ach- attempting to do, I'm achieving. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm I have money, I have whatever. But he said, even as your soul prospers, so so may you. May you be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. And that's why I want to interject, because you're talking where body and soul. Yeah. There it is that in your life, in your body, and your in the things that you enjoy, go for it. I want you to be healthy. I want you to enjoy. But it's got to be connected with even as the spiritual comes first. Yeah. The soul becomes before the body, but you don't neglect it. Because isn't that what the people did it, the monks did in the monasteries?
1: They yeah, would, if you deny yourself too much, you just so it was all about the soul, but yeah, at, at the neglect to the neglect of the body, by the body, and and we're not for monasteries. Yeah, you know. exactly, and yeah, there's, you know, I was talking to, we're just kind of on a tangent now, but I think this is good. I was talking to somebody recently who was dealing with a lot of stress in their life, and they it was starting to actually manifest physically, um, and so they 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 had essentially what they described to me as a panic attack. And I was telling them, um, you need to take time to rest because this will impact your whole life. So just as your mind has now impacted your body, your mind and body will actually begin to impact even your soul. Humanity, we are our own ecosystem that is interconnected. That's good. That you can't separate. So we... Don't think you can find only satisfaction in your body, neither should you neglect the body to the soul, but when your mind, when your body, when your soul are all taken care of, they will actually feed and work with one another. They are their own ecosystem, their own universe, just like the universe that we see out here that depends on one another. So just don't don't weigh heavy one way or another. Don't seek your ultimate satisfaction in just what is what is bodily. View view it all together. That's that's who you are. That's who you are.
0: Well, I, I know you put it in the notes, and I've seen this before that the 2019 Pew research study um that actively religious people are more likely to describe themselves as happy, very happy, than non religious people. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we're trying to make us sound like we're superior or better than it's just a fact. It's just, it's just a poll and it's it's and 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 I think it's I think it says a lot mm-hmm. that people who seek God and have a relationship with God and are connected with God are overall happy people. Yeah. And and it's because they have found that He is their delight. Man, even the Psalms, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking how many times the psalmist, you know, that's so poetic. You know, words, music is obviously very poetic. But he would just talk about, my delight is in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, my delight is in him. I just, you know, just think about when we come to church. You know, we're a Pentecostal church. We're a spirit-filled church. We We have the very real manifestation of God's presence and power in our services mm-hmm. regularly. And I just think about how many times I've left church and just thought, this is this is the highlight. This can be the highlight of my week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if there's anything else that will that can match just being in the very presence of God, where I'm feeling almost like it was tangible. It's not, mm-hmm. but it was almost like tangible. What's going to compare to that?
1: Exactly. What's gonna?
0: What pleasure am I going to have? That's even going to? Not, nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nothing's going to even match that. So yeah, you're right. You just you have to keep that balance.
1: Well, I think this has been good. Do you have anything else to add? I think we. I think we've covered it and exhausted it. No, I, I,
0: I, I think that hopefully this will help somebody. Yeah. Hopefully this will help somebody that maybe has just gotten consumed with something or some activity mm-hmm. or someone, and you felt out of kilter lately spiritually. That's really
1: good. I like that, yeah. Yeah,
0: and maybe you're wondering what's going on. Well, maybe this episode will help you to kind of back up yeah. and look at the trees, see uh-huh. the forest, and just back up and say, I'm giving a lot of time and energy to someone or something, trying to get that person or that thing to to satisfy something, and Mm -hmm. I've noticed it's not working, and then I just keep trying harder and harder, and it's just not working, and I'm getting more frustrated, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's it's doing the opposite. It's making me unhappy. Maybe I just need to back up and say, I'm looking in the wrong place.
1: That's really, really good. And I just
0: need to go run back to Jesus and get in my Bible and get in my closet, prayer closet, and get in the church and worship Him and just get in His presence and realize that He is the source. Hmm. And then it'll get everything else back into perspective.
1: That's really, really good. Yeah, Yeah. that, that job or that bank account or that hobby or that, Football team or whoever else won't do it for oh, you. No, no, don't spend your whole time on them. The spend Dodgers, time, the Dodgers no.
0: will let you down. The
1: do- hey, the, the Braves will let you the down Braves too. Will, we the Clem- all know that. the Clemson
0: Tigers this year already if, did. If, yeah, there's no. If you're trying to find happiness there, I mean, <laughs> uh, you, you, those things are. You, well, if you lean on stuff like that, people, people will let you down. Yeah, people will sure disappoint will. you and hurt you. You better be able to run back to the source of unending constant pleasure and delight and that's that's jesus
1: i'm going to the the perfect infinite eternal one to give me perfect infinite eternal happiness not something in this world that's fading away there you go just that's not gonna it. Do it for me bingo well thank you so much for joining us today if you enjoyed it like rate subscribe all of that good stuff and we will see you back in a couple weeks